Well, that was a lot of fun having Rick Freud in studio with us, and he has been, as you heard, the last eight years, a very significant part of keeping us in touch with what's going on in terms of gadgets out there and also uh, some great bargains. So I will post links to those two devices, the phone and to the camera. That camera deal is incredible. Um, oh, I was going to get a picture. Of, well, I can get it offline. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking, you know, that like you said, a pet camera. But my dog's all over the house. So, I mean, I'd have to set up several of them. And, and then at what point do you want to, you don't want to invade privacy at your own home, you know? Because I remember uh, Linksys has these cameras, right? Oh. And um, uh, um, that size? Mm-hmm. Shane oh, wow. has them. Remember, we were in the studio oh, yes. a year ago, and he has them in his kitchen. You know, yeah. we, that, that's not obtrusive. And he goes, honey, come to the camera. I want to show the, the Internet Advisor team how good this camera is. And she's like, not again. You know, <laughs> so she comes in there, and the dog runs by. And it was great, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, but uh, for 20 bucks instead of 100 bucks, It's all about remembering that the camera is there. <laughs> you know, oh, yes. If you remember, that's fine, because yeah. many times I've walked in the kitchen, and <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> well, for the I think the technology that that really has changed our life the most is having a computer in your hand, mm. and you know we were slowly moving in that direction, right, with the personal digital assistants and then the BlackBerry, but it really wasn't until the iPhone made it, you know, brought it all together. Talk about the camera. Look how small that camera is in the iPhone and how good it is. And yeah. when you think about, uh, you know, all the things that we do for good and bad, yep. you know, if I can't, you can't get the kid's nose out of the, their phone, but think about how that's changed our, you know, what we do on a, on an hourly basis on a minute, minute by minute basis. It seems like, uh, I think that's probably the most significant. The Where do you think that's years. heading Gary? Uh, miniaturization even more, yeah. uh, wearables. Uh, you know, you saw uh, Rick's, uh, what did he call it? The uh, Amaze Fit Bip. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, so when you start to see that, the Apple Watch is still oh, yeah. very nice, but very expensive. When that gets down to about 80, 90 bucks, uh, we're going to just see that whole wearable uh, technology area uh. just explode as, as we and now were, we're we're getting ready for glasses and having glasses in the workplace there's a couple great glasses out there google glass started it uh pulled back now they're coming back out yeah. for business purposes but there's a number of other glasses out there now and we're going to start to see those in the workplace wearables and, uh, we're going to have to get used to it yep wearables very 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 definitely are going to be a a big category going forward Ed, let's go around the, the horn here. Uh, how about you? What do you think in the last uh, 20 years of our doing the show here have been um, the most pivotal kind of inventions? Um, well, I'm going to go with the, some of the technology like Wi-Fi. Because uh-huh. I remember in 1998 working with executives at EDS and uh, setting up Wi-Fi so that they could take their laptops as clunky as they were with their batteries that lasted an hour and a half, and so they can go to a conference room and, and use the wireless networking that back then under Wi-Fi. Um, that, that's the technology, and, and it's still rudimentary the same. They have, they, you know, they, we've gone greater distances. We have better security. Um, hell, I still have some of my original Cisco 
uh, PCMCIA cards that we used to slap in the side of the wireless routers. We have it at the uh, at the computer museum that I keep in my in my <laughs> drawer at work. You know, um, but yeah, I'd say Wi-Fi. You know, because at the time we really didn't call it. We didn't have a name then. Well, you know what? We, we, we called it wireless internet access. Go ahead, Gary. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to to remind uh, Ed. Remember, you said PCMCIA. Yes. And I haven't heard that in how long? I can't remember <laughs> the last time I heard that, but I still remember what that you know what that stands for. Oh, please remind me. <laughs> yeah, it stands for people can't memorize. Confusing industry acronym. Uh. <laughs> or can't remember. Yeah, people can't remember confusing industry acronyms. Well, you just I, don't I thought meaningless should be in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, let me throw this on top of what you've just been saying, Ed. Um, at, in Barcelona right now with the Mobile World Congress going on, one of the things they're talking about is that 5G, that new wireless system apparently, is, going, is already in... It's there. And as a matter of fact, there was an article that was online about China made a bold statement about their desire to be the first country with 5G from coast to coast. It was supposed to be South Korea or Japan. This time last year, China Mobile, one of the country's largest telecommunication operators, announced it would be ready for commercial commercial 5G in 2020. But this week, they announced a partnership with Viavi to bring the deadline up by as much as an entire year. This is a huge announcement as it seems to the race is on and AT&T just announced test cities for 5G in the United States as well. So it looks like this is going to be a reality in much sooner than than we ever thought. Now now what's the advantage of 5G? Is that going to be faster? I'm sure faster, better, stronger, longer distance yeah, to the tower. All, all those things. Gaston, I, you, I think you probably know more about this. than Yeah, the, there's a number of issues. It's better for data transfers and streaming video just because of the protocols that they use, you know, the technical pieces to do it. So it's not just speed, but it's the ability to support the kinds of media over that mm-hmm. and the concept of what's called microcells in that, you know, we've got microcells in our house, but using the 5G, if you have a microcell in your home or in a basement somewhere, right now if you move from your microcell to the larger network, you lose your connection. Mm-hmm. You can move from, you know, 4G or LTE into your microcell inside your house. Oh, I didn't realize but that. It really, it really redefines the way that the mesh network is created technologically. Well, what, are there any other practical kind of things that are going to happen because of that, Gaston? I, I think more, better, faster is enough. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I had heard that it's going to be... Go ahead, it's, substantial, it's substantially faster, right? It's going from 100... Oh, yes. uh, megabytes per second uh, or hundreds of megabytes per second to 10,000 megabytes per second. Yeah, wow. and the, the idea I mean, is that yeah, the, the phone carriers uh, are looking for that way to kill Wi-Fi, and there's discussion if you know, Wi-Fi will continue to exist after that. And I uh. sometimes get on some of those discussions on LinkedIn to, <laughs> to be the devil's advocate. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can do that. <laughs> Cash, how about you take a crack at what? What is it? Uh, oh gosh, that you see? You know, I definitely the iPhone. But you know, what I'd like to do is just go through what I ran through in my mind 
as far as all the things that it may have been conceptualized even back uh, in the times of Leonardo da Vinci as a concept. But what we've really seen take off in the last 20 years would include GPS, 3D printing. Wow. Social media and the concept of crowdsourcing, you know, the idea of Wikipedia or YouTube where people are able to get on, provide free content that can, you know, go to the masses, but people can collaborate. That's that's phenomenal because, you know, we're sharing brain cells in a way. Is that kind of what they call the democratization of the net? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a good way to put it. Anybody, anywhere, anyhow. Yeah. But think about virtual reality and then, you know, from a, an ecosystem, hybrid technology has really taken off in that time. It really didn't exist then. And one of the things that doesn't affect us here in the U.S. very much, but certainly in the third world countries, is clean water. And that technology oh, yeah. is just revolutionary. Yeah. So that's that's what I came up with all, off the top of my head. <laughs> just off the top of your head, my <laughs> goodness. Well, we're, well, the question we're asking, and I'm I'm dying to hear what Cal has to say about this, is um, what do you feel has been the most significant technological change, invention, development in the last twenty years, and in terms of the effect it's had on um, on history going on? We'll be back with more of that coming up here on the Tech Roundtable on the Internet Advisor. Now back to the Internet Advisor. Once again, your hosts, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and Ed Rudell. Welcome back to our Tech Roundtable. As we continue on this hour, talking about uh, the most important inventions as we look back over 20 years. Cal Carson, uh, who has been our Apple expert all this while, what what are your thoughts on that? You know, I heard... All the things that everyone else has talked about makes a lot of sense, and, and I'm, I'm really, really in agreement with that. But the one that pops in my head more than anything else that I think a lot of people don't even worry about is either LCDs or LEDs, because they, ama- they gave us the ability to have smaller and smaller screens that are brighter oh, and sharper. Yeah. They're on our cell light phones. Our they're on bulbs. our t- tablets. They're on our computers. You know, by making them smaller and more compact and giving us a better screen to be able to look at things. And let's not forget about uh, incredible Christmas light displays. (laughs) (laughs) But they help to make make a lot of the devices that we use that much easier to look at. Our computers are sharper. Our tablets are sharper. Our our, our phones are sharper. Uh, Even the little displays that you'll find, like on refrigerators or other other devices, all because of the LEDs. No, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, because you know what you find in your refrigerators is last year's technology that didn't make it onto the onto the tablets. You know, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But I, you know, I was trying to think if batteries fit in there anywhere, but oh. no, but they don't because yeah. battery technology. You mean we went from nickel cadmium to lick uh, to uh, nick or uh, cad- lithium ion, lithium ion, and that's where pretty much where we're at now, and we're stalled, and we're stalled because. Uh, of the manufacturing process and contamination of uh, metals within the, you know. I think we're still waiting for the great leap forward there. Uh, definitely. I think there's somebody uh, there, there's somebody out there who's going to make that. Dilithium kind of, crystals or yeah. something, you know. Something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you saying because. Couple of the dilithium crystals. Yeah. So are you saying, Foster, because we haven't had anything monumental in, in some years now that, that, we, that there's something I, coming? I think that's going to be a sea change. When you're able to take energy 
and in some way compress it into a smaller and smaller factor mm-hmm. and, and then make it chargeable you know, very quickly. I think Elon Musk is heading in that direction with some of the things he's done. I think that and and make it portable. I think that's going to be huge. I think it's going to be one enable of, all sorts of things. One of the things that I've been reading about, and Nikolai Tesla experimented with this, but it was the idea of wireless transmission yes. of of electricity. Of electricity. Mm-hmm. That's right. That was one of his last great quests was to do that. That See, drove the, him crazy. The, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and for all intents and purposes, yeah. Right. The problem with what you're talking about, Foster, with the, you know someone compressing power and stuff like that, is going to make Gary upset because <laughs> it's going to either be Elon Musk or someone like that who is, for lack of a better way to describe it, they'll have to be smart and Apple-like. And because they're going to make that technology and probably be the first to do it, there's going to be a price that's going to go with it. But it's going to be worth the price to pay. Mm. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. Did you see the, uh, the uh, DHL, right? It's a big international German... Um, a shipping company? A shipping company. Yeah. They are buying into Elon Musk's... Um, uh, driverless, driverless trucks? The driverless trucks. Or, or the electronic... The, this new semi that came out. Uh, the, oh, the electric semis. Yeah, the electric yeah, yeah. semi. I mean, in a big way, they're buying into it. And... Um, that they see the key thing is going to be the infrastructure, you know, the charging infrastructure. So that if you if you drive that semi from Detroit to Cleveland and wherever else you need, you're going to have to have stops along the way where they can charge and charge quickly, right? And you know, in order to make it an effective. Uh, and what's going to happen? They're going to come out with something. It's going to have a price point to it. Yep. People are going to say that's a lot of money, but everyone's going to participate in it, and it's never going to go down in price. It'll always go up in price, but it will gain more features because yep. you think about it. An iPhone has never gone really down in price, no, but it's always gained more features to pay for the new stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's going to be the same way with power as well. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, go ahead, I'm Carson. Carson, pardon me. You're going to say no, it wasn't a well-formed thought, so I'm just going <laughs> to keep it to myself. <laughs> All right. I, the, the other, the, the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting, uh, I thought at during that 20-year period, we got a really good uh, run with printers. Printers became really, really That's good, true. but the only problem is. They got to a point where we didn't need them anymore because no one wanted to have what I call a pulp-based storage system. So everything's on the Internet. You just look at it. You look at a PDF, that sort of thing. Or store in the cloud. And- but over time, from the dot matrix to what it got into That's as far true. as for uh, laser printers, as far as inkjet printers, oh, dot they got to be really, really well at what they did. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, you know it's so hard to store all your documents. And, and maybe it's me that I haven't come up with the technique or the manuf- the tablets or the um, the um, manufacturers of my uh, operating system, whether I'm Microsoft or Apple or our um, or Android have come up with a way for me to organize my documents where I can easily find them, where if I had six pieces of paper on my desk. You know, or I had a stack over there. I could very easily shuffle mm-hmm. through those. The, the tactile, I'm sorry, I'm so old-fashioned, you know, for taking notes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just I run into the same problem. I, yeah, and I think maybe it's my age. Or? No, no, it's because of which it's how you've digested information for years and years and years. Right. Your search engine is more in here than in it head. is in an electronic device. Yeah. Right. And working in coordination with 
paper and that sort of thing, you can search faster that way than you can electronically. Where the younger generation has become more programmed to the electronic way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And therefore, that's the reason why they embrace it and they can move in that direction faster. Which takes me back to Gary's point. Gary was saying that more and more miniaturization and wearables, I think it's going to be more and more... Um, for like implants. Implantables. I think eventually it'll get to that point. Oh, I think it's going to go there faster than we think because the younger generation doesn't really care about that. The older generation goes like, oh "Oh my God, I don't want to put nothing in my body. (laughs) Where they're going to go like, oh, you can stick this in my head and I can see everything in 3D? Put it in. I yeah. think it's going to go that yeah. way, and it's going to be that way well, really quick. Well, if they can correct my stigmatism at the same time as giving me that, I, I'll, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they can put it on my on, – uh, when I get my next cataract surgery or if I ever get cataracts and they can put a lens in there that interfaces with my – I'm all for it. Well, no, you, That's a good point. Yeah. Don't go with cataracts. Get a Rinkin. <laughs> a what? A Never Rinkin? Mind. Oh, come Never on. Mind. We need a drum. We need a rim shot here. <laughs> Guys, I want to step into something else, and maybe you could just start this. And uh, okay, wait. That oh, just took ahead. me too long to figure out. <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's what called a, a, a lag or what? The... <laughs> no, we call that tape delay. <laughs> <laughs> um. You were going to say, Foster. Yes. Uh, I just saw this um, this week. Researchers at Stanford and the University of Washington are developing technology that allows people to, get this, alter the footage of world leaders like Russian President Vladimir Putin, or Putin, rather, and uh, former <laughs> <Freudian> U.S. <slip. laughs> yeah, or former U.S. President Barack Obama, making them appear to say and do things They've never actually done. Well, you know, and that, now my, my my question, Mike. Okay, I was gonna say that reminds me of the Forrest Gump movie, right? When they had Forrest Gump up there, and they had him uh, visiting with each of the presidents and talking, and they used old footage, yes. and they did the movie magic <gasps> to make it look like they were saying something else. Yep. It's finally caught up. It's been ten years or more. All right. So, what are the ethics of developing this kind of software? in publicly supported universities. What are the ethics of this? There's no ethics. That you can take, the, the literally, though you can put words into the mouth of world leaders. What do you mean when you say ethics? What are the ethics? Is this right to do it? Yes, you can do it. Well, Is it right? And, and are we, you know, it's like um, building uh, bump stocks for AR-15. The ethics in it is, do, where are you, when, when this stuff has been altered, what is your source for your news? Is it reliable well, news? Do you well, trust the source? I got a story about source? that coming up. So it's got, it's got to be coming through that type of thing, you know, or else it, it doesn't mean anything. We all read headlines, you know, and sound But do bites. you believe every headline? Do you believe well, every soundbite? That's the problem. I is don't it, believe anything anymore. I, I really don't. Well, I, I think the majority of people believe, I read it on the internet, you know, kind of thing. Gary, what do you think? Bonjour. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be very difficult. We never could figure out what a real, uh, what the real news was, what the real story was before. It was yeah. very difficult to do that, and now it's almost impossible. Yep. Uh, it, I hate to be cynical, but I don't know how we're going to figure out what's really accurate and what's not. You know, and that I see as we go, as we're looking ahead to the next 20 years of our show, I think that's going to be one of the great challenges is how do you 
um, what's the word? Monitor. How do you? Um, oh, there's a proper term. Well, you differentiate the veracity of the news, right? Pardon and, me. And uh, you know, this has been going on for for centuries. This isn't anything yes. new. Yes. You know, Nero was putting out propaganda that somebody else, the Christians, started the fire. Right. 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 Exactly. The burned Rome. So, so this. Fake news well, has been around for since man. I've got a I've got a fake news story coming up here. It's fascinating because it talks. It shows the dynamics of creating fake news and how easy it is to do. We'll be back with that and wrapping things up here on our uh, tech roundtable on the Internet Advisor. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this uh, program as much as we have putting it together. By the way, Kel Carson, thank you so much. Here you're gone for three weeks. We bring you back and make you work double hard. Yeah, well, you know, Ed's been doing such a good job. I had to give him a break. <laughs> and you're going to be stepping out again for another three weeks. Yeah, uh, and then I'll be back for another two months. So uh, hang in there. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to miss the place, but I will definitely be back. All right, that's good. Very good. And uh, Ed and Kasten, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun here. We're going to be uh, uh, got a, we have a very special treat for you at the end of the program here, a musical treat for you coming from the Kasten, uh from Kasten's household. All right. But before we get there, um, you, we were talking about uh, false news, and how do you how do you sift through the news? How do you? Um, oh, I think what you do, if it was my suggestion, or at least the way I try and do it, and I don't even know if it even works because I'll have to, you know, get busted sooner or later. You have to figure out who's your trusted source. That's it. And then once you figure out who your trusted source is that you want to trust, then you go with that until they give you a reason not to trust them. Well, I mean, a lot of people go with, say, my trusted source is CNN or Fox News or MSNBC, and they'll do that. But, you know, trusting Fox News, really? Well, I, I think you 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 have to understand the prejudices. You have to understand the yes, bent. There's a lot of, of that. Pre- like people, say, for instance, and, yeah. with NPR, people who are more conservative. Oh, NPR is so liberal. Blah blah blah. And uh, I love NPR precisely because it's closer to the sources. I think in most cases. And, and what, what 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 really is the problem is that nowadays, for some reason or another, we have to label everything. Yes. yes. You know, yes. if you could just find one news source out there that everybody agrees is a neutral news source and everyone's okay with. Then that would be great. You don't but... get advertisers if you do neutral news. Exactly. You know? I mean... But but the problem that we have is the polarization because yeah. you know the concept of confirmatory bias is that we're attracted to those news feeds yep. that reinforce our yep. beliefs about Echo ourselves chamber. or those things. So people are polarizing around that, and you know we talked about it. Just touched on it last week. The Russians weren't trying to affect the the election. What they were trying to do is form it discord because whoever yes. loses yes. now gets to say the whole electoral system is corrupt because yep. the loser is always going to do that. So there are, I always want to give you an example of how easy it is, how simple it is. There was an article on the, the Internet I was reading uh, and was talking about um, Wednesday morning. YouTube's number one trending video was a clip that seemed to push a conspiracy theory that some survivors of the Parkland, Florida school shooting who have called for stricter gun control, are actually paid actors. That's the conspiracy theory. The well, there, video- was, there was one case of someone who did publish uh, a video, and they were pretending to be... Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. That may be this case here. Hang on a second. The video of a TV news broadcast that included Parkland student 
David Hogg, carried the description, David Hogg, the actor. That was a description. Right. It wasn't the truth, but that was a description. No, actually, it is the truth. Here's what the deal was that I heard. David <laughs> Hogg isn't uh, acted in a movie when he lived in California. He oh, now lives Lord. in Florida. So they took and they tagged that line onto him. Because it's true, he he was an actor, so he is acted. But it had but nothing, it had nothing to, to do with, with that news story. Yes, and that is you know, and and as we were coming down here, Ed and I were talking about that. That often when I'm skimming through things, I'll look at headlines, and I use that as kind of a way of deciding whether I'm going to pay attention or dig deeper on it. And this is a way you can poison that kind of thing. Headlines are just like lawyers when they tell you about contracts. What the large print giveth, the yep. fine print taketh away. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. <laughs> but I find, you know, uh, YouTube finally took down the video yeah. because of the problem with that labeling on it. But isn't that something that the video, that the labeling on that, while you say it may be in some you know, extraneous way, he, he was an actor in something, yep. but to label him as... An actor meant that it was uh, supporting that whole notion that this is a conspiracy, that these people who are against gun, you know, who are for gun control and in Southland and uh, Parkland are simply shills for the gun control lobby. And I, I just thought, man, that's all it took was just those four words on the, you know, the runner or the, the, the subtitle on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we've screen. become a society, at least in the United States, and probably for a good portion of the world, if they're dealing with electronic information, is that we are. Give us a look. You know, it, it's a Twitter. It's a Twitter world. It's give us a little oh, bit. Yes. Give us 140 well, characters, just that, and we're on our way. I want it now. Yeah, gotta have oh, yeah. it now. Gotta yeah. be the first. We don't. We don't want you to go through the trouble and make sure that you know this thing is substantiated. And it's true, and you've done your homework and dug deep and made sure everything. Yeah, went and did, did nope, found just, three sources, and yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah that's, just exactly. Get it, get it to that us was as the old fast rule. as we yeah. can. Get it I to remember us the old Talking Heads used to used to be try to deliver news in the seventies and most of the way through the eighties as impartial, just imparting the the the, the facts and let the audience make the opinions on the facts given. That doesn't exist very much anymore. Yeah, it's like the old Fox slogan, fair and balanced. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, let's wrap up the program on a a fun kind of note. Um, We, uh, as uh, you folks have probably heard me say and you've seen on our website, I have been celebrating the 20th anniversary of our program here on uh, WJR Radio, our, our flagship station. And it's on our podcast that we broadcast through the Podcast Detroit Network and also through Michigan Talk Radio. And we have with us the delightful, the effervescent... Connie Thomas. The beautiful, the wonderful. Oh, yeah, there you go. A few more adjectives. You got to go home tonight. <laughs> He's trying to get a warm dinner. Uh, and Connie, welcome to the show. Nice to have you with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> I, I, on one other occasion, you did this for us, and we would like you, if you would please, to um, just uh, honor our program as we are wrapping things up here. Uh, with a song to celebrate the 20th anniversary of our show. (laughs) Okay, well, happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary, Internet Advisor. Happy anniversary 
to you. Oh, I love it. <laughs> the crowd grows wild. <laughs> that Available was... on all tapes and eight tracks and CDs everywhere. <laughs> that was much better than the national anthem last weekend. <laughs> By what's her name from the, uh, the uh, oh. was the Black Keys? <laughs> I don't remember her no. name, but I can't, I I'm drawing a blank about. on her yeah. name. Oh my gosh! I didn't watch. I just heard that it was bad. So. <laughs> uh, Roseanne Barr was better. Oh dear! No, oh, way. no, no, no. Uh, yes, I won't go that far. I won't go that far. <laughs> uh, uh, tie for last place. But it was real close. Like real close. Connie, that was wonderful. Connie, thank you so much for that. Uh, and uh, I think it's it's a fitting though for us to wrap up here our uh, 20th anniversary celebrations this month, Connie. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. I'm honored that you asked me. All right. <laughs> we'll send Kasten home shortly, okay? okay. Thanks, darling. Thank <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to be uh, putting our um, faithful steeds in the barn and uh, thanking everybody for listening to us. Um, by the way, I want to just quickly, and I should have done it at the beginning of the program, but I want to salute Vince Bileski, who is our uh, current... Um, Oh, he watches out for us on our website. Um, he, this week, spent three days on his vacation in the Caribbean remotely fixing our website and getting it back up. Excellent. So that by Wednesday, we were back up again, and I was absolutely helpless. And matter of fact, he had had to go into a number of things on the WordPress site to finally get it to work. And uh, I just, Vince, thank you so much. Visual Compass is the name of his company, and we'll make sure that we have a link to that on our homepage as well. So, Vince, (laughs) you rescued us here, and uh, thus we set sail into the next 20 years or 20 minutes. Who knows? (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us here on the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, for Gary Baker, Ed Rudell, Caston Thomas, and also Mr. Cal Carson. The Internet Advisor crew on the air for you.